0: Welcome to the Ruchi Strength Cast. Dan and Paul are the owners of one of the largest powerlifting gyms in the world, Ruchi's Gym, and are experienced powerlifting coaches. Join them as they discuss and debate all things powerlifting and strength training with some fun stuff thrown in. For more information, visit Ruchi'sGym.com. Good morning Paulie Good morning Dan Hopefully my mic is working this time Because last time it was a bit shitty I can see it's working Sorry everyone Last time in the last podcast We had Paulie's mic accidentally turned off So that's why I uh, couldn't hear him very well But today we have all the technical issues sorted So we are back in action So welcome and hello to everyone listening today Which podcast is this, 9 or This something? is number 10 yo 10 So we are racking up the podcast here into double digits now. Which is very good. Hopefully you guys are finding it useful. Actually have been getting a lot of really good feedback. And we are getting a fair few views per day. So that's really good. That awesome. means that people are listening, which is the whole point really. Um, today what we're going <laughs> well, to it's do... Better than I, it's better than I suppose you and me sitting here talking to each other and, and <laughs> cricket, crickets. Yeah.
1: So what have we got today, Dan? So
0: today we have a couple of things. Uh, first of all, we're going to cover... Six questions, uh, six of the sort of the top pick questions that were asked by our listeners a couple of, well, probably about a month ago when we put out um, requests for topic questions to cover. Mm -hmm. And so this is going to be a listener Q&A. So if you are listening and you do have a question you'd like I to answer in some sort of detail, send us an email or get in touch and we can add it to our next listener Q&A. We are also going to cover some very exciting news, Paul. Yes, that'll be after the, um, the and Q&A so a section. Maybe the name of the podcast maybe gave it away a little. What would you name the podcast? The name of this podcast is Listener Q&A and V4. <laughs> but more on V4 after the I mean, Q&A. a lot of our listeners may already sort of have heard, you know, got a sniff of this anyway. So all of our gym members members already know or the club members already know of course what's happening. Um, and Paul and I have now decided to sort of talk an, more about it. Talk more about it yeah. and just let everyone know. Also, Cheryl and Tom on Peak Speak will be dropping a new episode of Peak Speak sometime this week where we do give I them that's the scoop been actually today. Well, I think it's gonna be today, but sometime this week I'm guessing. So Tom and Cheryl will also be dropping the scoop. On PeakSpeak. Boom. Which is cool. So shout out to those lads. Awesome to be on their podcast as well. That was he good had a fun. very nice mic setup. Oh. I'm actually I'm I'm mic envious. I'm so jelly of their mic setup. We will definitely be upgrading our mic. We thought our mic setup was good. I mean I didn't think it was good, I thought it was suitable. Their good, mic setup really is, is, oh, is next, next level. level. Yeah. Love it. Alright guys, so let's kick things off straight into the questions. The first question. What qualifies as an elite total in the GPC? Look, uh, first thing we have to mention is um, the GPC, as well as the other federations, have grading scales. And uh, these grading scales provide lifters with um, sort of goals or totals that they need to, to sort of hit uh, in order to get different grades. And one of those grades is elite grade. Um, do, you have, do you actually have the numbers in front of you? Um, no, but if Paulie, if you just bring up the GPC website. So if you are looking for the GPC grading scale, if you go to gpcaustralia.com, <coughs> yep. we'll just bring it up on Paulie's laptop here. So gpcaustralia.com, and if you go to resources, perhaps? No. Um, I wonder if it's actually still on here, man. Oh, hang on. There it is. Go to records. No, it's not on there resources contact us sorry guys just we're quickly scanning the members it doesn't look like the gpc grading scale is which honestly doesn't surprise me too much because the gpc or gpc australia don't use the grading scale for anything no initially it was put together by scott watson um, but at the moment, we actually don't use the grading scale. No. I mean, the, the APU and uh, well the APU have a grading scale that is different in terms of the numbers, but the grading scale is actually used within the qualification process for nationals, um, like national competitions and other events. Which so, actually yeah. is the whole point of the grading scale. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In GPC, yeah. because we don't actually use the grading scale for qualification purposes, it kind of doesn't really make sense to have one. However, in the future, it might be brought back and we might start introducing grading as the sport grows and as GPC starts to develop and grow. Yeah. I know that GPC at the moment have somewhere around the 1,500 members. Well, that's what they said at the AGM. Um, so, you know, that's fantastic. And that's considerable growth growth over the last sort of Huge 18 to 24 months. But an elite total in the GPC, um, look, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. I do have a copy of the grading scale. If anyone is interested, you can get in touch, and I can send you a copy. But, I mean, it, it isn't used for anything, so... No. But if you are interested, you could actually have a look at uh, the APU or the IPF or an IPF grading scale. Well, I mean, the individual affiliates. Yeah. if I think, yeah. actually, if you search for GPC grading scale on Google, Paul, did you just Google do machine. that for us? GPC... Australia, I think it yeah. might come up in Google Images grading. So oh pause yeah, your search right. for GPC w- Australia grading image. scale, um, and then just go to Images at the top, Lee. Thank you. And so boom, much. there it is, first result, the first image. So yeah. we do actually have a copy of the GPC Australia grading scale. Look, we're not going to go through all of them, but the elite, the elite numbers. Let's look at the men. Um, let's look at the men 100 kilo class. Let's just, but when men 100 kilo class elite is seven seventy five. So you have to total seven seventy-five or odor or over or order or older, or over <laughs> to be considered as having an elite total, correct? Um, and the ladies, let's look at say the ladies' sixties. The sixties. So the ladies' sixty kilos is three six zero. Three six zero. That's cool. That means Danny's got an elite total. Yeah. Look, obviously cool. Scott Watson put these numbers together based on the quality of the lifters at that particular time time he did it yeah obviously a grading scale will be um modified as things change of course but if you do want to find that search for gpc australia grading scale and search on google images you'll find it yeah let's move on second question is actually for my brother paul what do we have it is paul rucci an icn athlete question mark (laughs) Okay, so the rumor mill's churning hard here. <laughs> it's not really a rumor. Look, I am um, hoping to enter a an ICN um, physique and classic physique comp in season A next year, which is in May. So it's you know just under a year away. That's in board shorts. Okay, so physique is when you wear the board shorts, the knee the knee length board shorts. Yep. And classic physique is when you wear sort of the um, the low cuts. The low cut tight pants. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. And in classic physique to my understanding i'm not an expert on like all this stuff um in classic physique they judge you differently on the posing and also they actually judge you know your leg your legs as, as well right. as your upper body is that pretty much where you're going to be going i'm going to i would say I'm that hoping, your legs would be i'm hoping to do physique and also classic physique because you can enter multiple categories damn yeah yeah let me guess 250 dollars a category <laughs> oh, I've got to, I don't know but I mean I think something like um, like an aesthetic sport like bodybuilding physique um, the, I mean you really are going through a hell of a lot to get there to get your body in shape yeah it's not something you would do and go oh let's get the, the uh, let's get the stage experience I mean it takes a lot of damn work to look decent to get on a stage yeah. where you would be happy to get on a stage yep. so I think most people would not concern themselves too much about the, the cost of entering a category no no because you know the effort of just getting there in itself yeah. far far outweighs that dollar value. Absolutely. So, yeah. so when's this looking to be happening, man? <laughs> like I said, um, season A next year, um, it, which will what be does in, that mean, dude? Which will be in May. So um, they have two seasons: at season A, which is obviously quarter one, quarter two, and season B, which is quarter three, quarter four. So both seasons have their own local and then national championships, and both seasons also have their own world championships. Wow, there you go. So, it's kind of like a bi-yearly thing. Yeah, so powerlifting is sort of a a once-a-year thing. And in in this particular sport, it happens twice a year. Yeah, right. Is that just due to provide opportunity for more people to compete? Man, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know anything about bodybuilding. I have no idea. Um, I have no idea. To me, it's really strange. Look, why, Paul? What's the... uh, Give us the um, why. Why? Okay, so... Well, I mean... you know, quite a few years ago, sort of you know, before I got sick and everything, I was I was sort of tinkering with the idea of doing an aesthetic trying an aesthetic sport. Um, you know, I was you know, I was looking good and everything and it was all going indeed. in the right direction. Actually, you're looking good now, man. Thanks, bro. Starting uh, to come together. It was, it was all going in the right direction and you know, I got sick and, and whatnot. And then when I came back I, I sort of needed to put body weight and also strength back on so I decided then to um, to competing in APU and then I did APU Nationals last year. Yeah. Post that I was having some I was ha- I was having some ongoing problems with my left hip so so basically I um I couldn't uh, I couldn't squat so it sort of put me out of sort of any competitive powerlifting. Yeah. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll just change my direction slightly, go back to my body composition training. Um yeah. you know, obviously look work around which the issues which is not going to hurt. No, it's 100%, actually going to make you better. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, work around some of the issues I have while I'm rehabbing, um, getting myself looking better and stronger in particular areas. Yeah. And then I spoke to Richard Collins, and he basically, yeah, and basically together we're like, yeah, now nah, let's do it. <laughs> so, like, Richard Collins from uh, the physique code is going to prep me for season A next year. Awesome. Um, but no, my hip is actually getting a lot better now, and I'm able, I'm able to box squat and I can sumo and deadlift and everything. You had so a you had an injection last week? Yeah, I had a cortisone injection in my left hip in the joint last week, um, subarticular. So I think I think I'm hoping I'm hopeful that I'll be able to do some full range squatting soon. Yeah, I had I pretty much had the same injection um, late like last year sometime, and that actually helped a lot. Yeah. So a lot of people have asked me like where the the issues so uh, there's a few things going on I'm not going to like spin about them on the on, on yeah, the podcast, yeah, that's okay. but um you know a lot of people have asked me especially family members who you know don't really know too much about what we do the sport and everything you know are my hip issues a result of the lifting and so on and the 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 bottom line is no i mean the the the, the uh, specialist basically said that i've inherited a pretty shitty hip design which is causing some pretty serious sort of anterior impingement of the hip capsule and it was going to happen either way either way it was going to happen. It's funny how people automatically come to the realisation that you're injured because you're lifting. I would actually argue that you're worse off if you don't Well, it's, I suppose it's also possible that this would have happened earlier if I, if I wasn't as strong because right now even he said the musculature surrounding and supporting my hip is very very good. yeah, He would say extreme health. Yeah So that's a very That's that's a massive positive Obviously for hip support And joint support Yeah Yeah So yeah Season A next year ICN Look out for Paulie Hitting the platform Or the stage I'm sort of prepping I mean I'm not prepping In like inverted commas now I am sort of um, You know Sort of getting Checking Getting my diet in check And stuff so well, you've um, been doing that for a while your diet's pretty yeah, tuned I think in. it's been about maybe since i've been back on the nutrition stuff i think it's maybe like a, approaching 13 to 15 weeks or something like that yeah, yeah. Oh, you can definitely see yeah, i started at well i started at 93 and now i'm 86 yeah um, but you look bigger now i think so i think i do actually and, and also there's shape and you look bigger the shape's the, better the shape, you know yeah, definitely yeah. anyway yeah. enough of that for you guys um we can catch Paulie probably next year on the on the stage which will be cool and something different for Ruchi's gym as well really um, third question which is actually a good one which to be honest you could probably spend a whole episode talking about but we'll try and give you our um, synopsis so to speak it is bas- it's not a question more so than it is a statement and I guess it's a statement well, that we can discuss well it's a statement we just say the statement and go on to the next question well it, it, you could it, depending on how you say it <laughs> so that it is basically growth and future of the sport of powerlifting so someone's um, requested we talk a little bit about the growth and the future of the, the, the sport. When you said that, it reminded me of, you know, um, have you you've seen the movie Mars or The Martian or whatever it is? He's yeah. like, you know, what does he mean? Like, are you kidding me? Or are you kidding me? So no, depending no, 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 on how no, no. you say it, there's um, mean the, two different the movie things. Year One with Jack Black. Are you kidding when it me? When he eats the forbidden fruit. Oh, <laughs> Ask me a question. I feel like I know everything. Ask me a question. Why does the sun go down at night? Next question, pass. (laughs) Uh, That's brilliant. If you haven't seen Year One on Netflix, watch it, Jat Black. It's brilliant. Are you kidding me? (laughs) So, the growth (laughs) and the future of the sport of powerlifting. Look, it's no secret that powerlifting has exploded since 2010, since the introduction of Classic Raw. Raw, yeah. Uh, And Paul and I got involved in powerlifting in about 2009 ish. Yeah. Um, Competed at first comp in 2010. So, we kind of um, came into powerlifting just as Raw, as called Classic Raw, was. Um, introduced which was kind of cool um, now in terms of the growth for those of you who have been following powerlifting for a while will know that the sport especially say in the last three years has exploded beyond some people's belief I mean at the moment I think obviously I know the GPC numbers a bit better than other numbers I know at the moment the GPC we have about 1,500 members and it was only about a year or 18 months ago where we cracked a thousand so that's like a fifty percent growth in GPC membership in the last twelve to to eighteen months. Yeah, I mean, for the APU numbers. I mean, I'm um, this is probably an educated guess, but I'm 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 guessing it's probably approaching the six to seven hundred memberish. Yeah, I mean that's starting from scratch. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, look, you only have to look at the the growth of powerlifting. The growth in terms of look at the number of gyms that now spruik powerlifting. The number of inverted commas powerlifters there are on Facebook and social media um, even if you look at the growth of our gym I guess it's a really good indication well, I mean, of the growth we actually of the sport. Sp- spoke about development of sports with Christian on Saturday yeah and um, it's it's basically the, the whole thing with the development of any sport is that you have to build the, the grassroots the foundation of the sport or the, of the people or the athletes in the sport and the, the wider the, the foundation the um, you know obviously the more people or the more athletes, the pool, you know, the bigger the pool, yeah. And then hopefully you get, you know, you can start getting more talent, and you get more emerging talent from That's that right. depth of the pool depth. Look, so. I think that in Australia at the moment, there's a lot of people doing a really good job at both grassroots powerlifting and also elite powerlifting. Yeah. Um, for example, obviously we definitely cater for um, grassroots powerlifting because we do believe that the long-term sustainability of the sport. Is definitely, um, I, I agree. you know, um, well, it's dependent the on there. the amount of people that we can get interested in the sport. So grassroots powerlifting for us is very, very important. Yeah. So we run multiple novice comps a year, for example, and they all sell out. Um, and then basically those novice comps provide, uh, uh, they're basically used as feeder comps. Yep, and then lifters can then choose if they want to continue in the sport, which we obviously hope they do. They can go APU, IPF, and or a couple of other federations that are available. To be honest, we don't really care as long as people are lifting. If 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 all the federations out there are growing, it means that powerlifting is growing. Yeah, that's right. And that's the most important thing. Um, I think the other important thing is that with that that grassroots level, what's important is to cater for those people so they have an amazing experience. You get this positive reinforcement loop where they opt into the sport many times yes and hopefully like you know develop up the chain of um yep you know I don't know development I suppose you know so i get uh, from a novice to yeah. an elite lifter. and so paul you and i kind of have the philosophy that um we want all of our competitions to be of the same standard which is why we've kind of de- designed our facility yes. the way we have so our no- our novice comps our are run exactly the same as our state championships and that's really important to us because it means that new people coming into the sport can get an actual taste of what powerlifting is yeah rather than like a watered down version at where they may walk away with not the greatest experience i mean let's be real we've we've held tj mes nationals here last year and we're holding apu nationals in the gym this year and novice comps are virtually run to the same standard as those comps Exactly. As a national level event. That's right, and that's really important for us because it's important that lifters at a grassroots level experiencing powerlifting for the first time walk away with an ab- absolute incredible experience because we want them to opt in long term. Yeah. Um, so that's really really important to us. So I think the a lot there's a lot of people in Australia that really work on the growth part, the grassroots. Yep. Um, and I think as a country, as 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 a national body in powerlifting, um, everyone does that pretty well pretty well yeah I think um, everyone does the best that they can do also at an elite level you know you've got Marcos covering Pro Raw yep um, you know and Pro Raw at an elite level is you know amazing yeah it, I mean plus obviously all the national level championships yeah, that we have in right. Australia yeah all your nationals of, of course as well and then obviously then you stem out to international when you, you have that's up, right up IPF so I'd like I said so I think that Australia, we did a really good job of covering grassroots powerlifting and elite powerlifting. I think what we need to focus more on is sort of that middle tier. So once someone's done a novice comp um, and they've done a few state championships, and may you know, and then they are qualify, you know, what's the middle ground? I also think that that middle ground you're talking about, that is the point in someone's lifting career where it's decision time. Yeah. Do I they agree. stay on, or do they maybe try something else and drop out? Or because I, agree. I think that's the point as well where. An athlete begins to realize that it's actually really hard yeah powerlifting is a really hard sport to progress in yeah and so I think that's a a vital tipping point actually for athletes no I agree you know if you think about like a like a funnel yeah you know you have a a huge pool of people coming in and slowly they drop off right because for many reasons injury lack of interest lack of progression Lack of facility to train at, whatever the reason is, and I think it's really important to foster lifters and nurture their development all the way through to um, the elite stage of their career. Yep. And I think somewhere in the middle, we kind of, we kind of, we kind of dropped off a little bit there. I think we need to go back to, um, you know, like sort of nurturing lifters better from the state level through to the national level and beyond. Yeah. Um, I think that when you talk about like the time it takes to go from say a novice comp to a state level comp is quite a reasonably short, short amount, amount of, time. of time to go from a state level comp to then qualify for a nationals that is a much much larger amount of time and then to go from a national level comp to be invited into a, a, a pro or, or an international only, yep. that is another next level so i think when you look at the time spans i think that has something to do with it yeah when after say after someone say someone goes from a novice comp to a states and then they realize okay cool if i want to progress to states these are the national qualification standards oh my god it's going to take me 5 years that's the tipping point that's the, the t- decision time for people are they going to um invest yeah. that 5 years or are they going to drop out yeah i mean i've seen so many people 100%. novice states drop yeah, I know. And, and again, it's because of that they re- they get to the point in their career where they realise taking to hard. the next step is going to be quite difficult, yeah. time consuming, yeah. um, and it's going to require a different amount of dedication, or different yeah, different efforts in training, um, nutrition, and so on. But in saying that, yeah. I think in Australia we do a great job. And in terms of the future, yeah. I think the future is looking bright. I mean, if you look at, um, for example, you know, for example, this year we've had to introduce the Western Classic just to cater for more GPC members. I mean, I also introduced the third three-lift for the APU as well. APWO. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and I think I, I really did that because, we, because of nationals, or we're holding nationals here. We really needed a sort of another portal, you know, to just try and bring yeah. lifters and give them an opportunity to lift. Yeah. So, yeah, look, I think the future for powerlifting is um, bright. Where will it be in five years or ten years? I mean, if you were to say five years ago that we would be here where we are today, you know, that would have seemed like well, a bit of a dream. Five years ago, we were at V2. Um, you know maybe uh, it was, we have been one year in at V2 yep um, yeah I mean if and five years ago if you had a, would, if we would have said five years ago would we would we have thought we'd be had been there in five years we would have said no that's right so imagine five years from today that's right you which know, we all so, going to talk about Slotty actually coming up but. yeah we are going to talk about what's coming up next for Ruchi's gym but I hope that kind of gives an idea as to the growth and the future of powerlifting um, you know I think there's a long ways to go especially I mean when you consider powerlifting still is a very very you know well it's not a mainstream sport no, or anything you yeah. know it, it is a very niche sport and for us to get powerlifting to a point where we have a massive depth of lifters and you know there requires a lot of new blood coming into the sport it does yeah and I a guess lot of it, a lot of new interest yeah and look that's just going to happen with time and for mm-hmm. those of you out there who do compete in powerlifting um, you guys are part of the revolution really right you guys need to sell the sport tell your That's friends and it get friends Everyone involved. who's listening to this podcast they're the marketing you got officers engine for powerlifting they're the, guys marketing the marketing engine marketing powerlifting. I mean let's be real you listen to this podcast because you're oh, into powerlifting yeah or you want to hear us talk probably more about the powerlifting listening part. to the soothe sounds <laughs> of the Rucci brothers and it's you guys really that are the marketing engine behind the growth of the sport so you know, make sure that you do. You know, try and get your friends involved. Tell people, share, posts, share events, invite people to events. Because the more people that we can get, even just watching, the more interest we can spark. That's right. And even, even, you know, share that powerlifting.tv link when it, when we when exactly. we release it. Exactly. Yeah. And for those of you who are lifting, who maybe haven't competed in any powerlifting meet yet. Definitely think about having a crack. We do so many novice competitions. I mean, I'm sorry, but if Christian Woodford can dedicate himself to the <laughs> February Novice Comp, I mean, anyone can. <laughs> uh, I hope Christian listens to this. So, yeah, we had Christian Woodford here on um, on Saturday to give a, a seminar, which we sort of worked together with to present. Uh, Let's call it a collaboration. Very, very passionate guy. Very passionate. So, Christian is more on the non-strength sport athlete applied science side of strength conditioning. Yep. Um, but, yeah, he's... Uh, He's out there. (laughs) He's a character. Very clever guy and very passionate about the industry. Okay. Next question. Um, Again, a question that we could talk about for quite a long time. It's regarding peaking for competition and thoughts about personal bests with the three lifts in the gym before comps. Look, I mean, let's just tackle that second part of that question. Personal bests in the gym before comps. (laughs) There's certainly nothing wrong with that. I mean, if someone is um, growing significantly in strength, and, or you may have to take them to areas I've never been to before to test where the hell they are. I mean, if, you know, so like I don't think there's necessarily a problem with that. The problem, it becomes a problem when you have, well, you're working people at unnecessarily high volumes or unnecessarily high intensities mixed with high difficulties or RPEs. I think that's when of, I, I find you'd get a problem. Yeah, look, I think yeah. if you go back to the first part of that question, peaking for competition, if you, ha- if you go back and understand the intent of, say, a pre-competitive phase where really you're, um, you're beginning to start expressing the strength that you have developed during your general preparatory phases... That's really what peaking is. It's to prepare you for your platform yeah. comp- platform experience, Correct. your your um, performance on the platform. Yeah. Now, like Paul said, and normally what we find is it happens a lot with beginners, where we prepare them, they go through some volume, there's some general preparatory work, and we start tapering them in through a specific preparatory phase and then pre-competitive phases. If they've had a significant increase in strength, you may be taking them beyond 100%. Oh, you may, yeah, you may but take it, them beyond. I mean, 100% based on the, your original 1RM, either projected max or max. Obviously, if you're taking them beyond 100%, then that's not their true max anymore. No, no. However, it would have been the true, their, max, their programmed max. The other thing I'll speed. say is for more experienced lifters, I would say that um, those. Con- or those lift pbs are more in terms of the repetition so like maybe five weeks out someone gets a four or a three rm pb yeah but then as they come closer you're not actually working them to their one rm you're working them to a percentage or sub-maximal under that one rm i, I find that happens a lot actually yeah i, I do i do as yeah, well and in, the, in the two to three rep ranges yeah or two to four rep ranges you find that you know, you know, you, sn- you get sneaky little PBs, yeah. you know. And what Paul and I am find um, in terms Which is of a great average the percentages, way. normally in a pre competitive phase, sort of we normally take lifters up to somewhere between 92 and 97 yeah, percent, roughly on average. I, obviously, honestly, some I try and keep it under 96, to be honest. Uh, there's obviously going to be some outliers there, yeah. but gen- generally speaking, most lifters, 80% of the lifters. We sort of take them to roughly those percentages. We actually have a lot of data, data on this, which we go through in our advanced powerlifting course as well, which is interesting. But look, you know, PBs in the gym uh, before the comp, yes, of course it can happen. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. Um, we don't stretch someone. Anything can happen at any point in time. Yeah. <laughs> also, remember, it has to be planned correct so a PB can definitely be planned if I've got someone who at the start of the training block 12 weeks ago their best squat was 100 then by the time I get to sort of 2 weeks out they're like you know they're doing 90 for, 95 for sets of 7 correct. that's just as an example yeah, like course, in terms of their strength of level then, like, you have to sort of yeah. test them bit beyond a hundred to know where they are. Yeah, that's yeah. right. What we do find is, the, with our more elite and advanced lifters, that generally doesn't happen because their progression is a lot slower. Yeah. Or it happens in the in the multiple reps. Yeah, or it ranges. happens in sort of your your, yeah. your five, four, three rep yeah, uh, max ranges. Correct, correct. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I guess if you go back to the intent of what that pre-competitive phase <laughs> is, then the other thing, I mean, the other thing about this that phase of training, I mean, generally we, you know, our, our pre-competitive phase with that we do with our clients is anywhere up to six weeks yep um, and generally it's around the f- five sort of four week, to six weeks yeah, somewhere period. and that includes now, the last what's week what's important to note about week. that uh, phase of training is it is obviously a realisation phase yep um, you are significantly shedding load or total volume as you progress through those weeks heading into the competition yep obviously the intensity is increasing and also the difficulty is increasing as well so um you get massive amounts of shedding of load which means um, people um, start feeling good and you know as the fatigue drops off and that enables them to obviously perform at their best and that's when you have absolute strength realisation yes yeah exactly. and mostly what I find is that um, most people get the timing wrong yeah you which know, we, we discussed this on Saturday they peak too early they'll peak too early or peak too late <sighs> um, yeah you know the timing is very very important Look, it, definitely, if you're if you've got Right coaching you, we, like we are pretty much we, we do have the timing nailed pretty well, and also we're we're pretty good at picking numbers, especially in those last three or four weeks. If you are, and what we find is people who sort of coach themselves, um, or even who have external coaches, a lot of the times we do find that they're just going way too heavy in that last three to four weeks, and they yeah. burn themselves out.
1: Yeah, that's actually funny. They <laughs> annihilate themselves. In the uh,
0: in uh, when I competed last year at uh, APU States. I, was, I did my own programming, but I was very careful to sort of look at it as if I was like programming for someone else. Yeah. And and it actually worked out really well. I actually pivoted my total, actually yeah. worked out really well. Um, so yeah, it's that was, hard though that, to not let is, your ego get in the way. That's exactly right. And man, we well, had exactly. it this morning because Paulie at the moment is um, coaching me. Doing all my programming. Well, Daniel wants the best coach in the world, so... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. well, I'm not available because I don't want to coach myself, so <laughs> I went to Paulie, second best. Nah, not just joking. But, for example, he's got me training <laughs> this week on my bench doing four sets of four at 90. I can probably do 90 kilos for sets of 20. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Yeah? you 20? Re- I reckon I could do 20. Well, hang on. Anyway, whatever. Anyway. You're like, man, start me off conservatively. I did. Well, last week I did 100 for sets of five to ten yeah okay easy but anyway like I said if they're too light you can make them harder you can slow the eccentric down make your accessories harder that's right I'm just going to slow it down go for an 18 (laughs) second pause make it a bit harder but my point is a lot of people that we find that do program themselves often they let their ego get in the way and they burn themselves out by the time they get the competition they're already roasted I'm personally actually more on the side of the conservative numbers yeah I agree yeah Um, look at the end of the day being on the conservative side also means that the lift is going to have more lo- the better longevity. Yeah. You know, yeah. keep them confident. Remember, you can always up. increase those percentages on the next exactly. competitive phase. Absolutely. It's yeah. better to undercook someone and learn from it than overcook them. And break them. And break them, right? So, that's my philosophy anyway. Exactly. Okay, question five. Will the Ruchis collaborate with WA Strongman, Paulie? Well, I mean... I'm open to uh, any sort of discussion with um, with Dan and WS Strongman, but we haven't really had any. So, well, we've I've reached out to Dan previously, asked, asking about help if he needs anything, or you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, look, Paul and I are always open to um, to somehow get involved with WS Strongman. You know, it just there needs to be a discussion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Dan has a, a lot of it really under control. But um, like yeah, like I said, Man, doors are always open. So our doors are always open to everyone correct um we never close the doors um we're happy to talk to anyone about anything paul and i just want to move strength sports forward obviously in particular powerlifting, but strongman is definitely a a massive strength sport and it's something that we have a few um few of our crew competing in and we have a fair bit of strongman gear but um yeah look if uh double strongman wants us to get involved in some way we're more than happy to discuss absolutely um, how that can happen last question from one of our listeners what are some tips to combat comp nerves well i think the number one tip um to to combat that that nervousness is to actually ensure that you're actually well prepared i have to agree if you are well prepared then you can be confident in your performance um and i think that's actually the number one tip yeah look paul might always prepare our lifters for success we Correct. never we never set them up for failure. No. So the so that's the first thing you will learn about how we coach people. And that's a really important part because we want people to be confident. True. We want them yes. moving well. We want their longevity. Look, I mean I mean, it's not just about the programming and the training. No. Prepare yourself. Okay, cool. What equipment do you need? Make sure you've got all the relevant equipment. If you've never been into the venue before, a few weeks out or the week out, go and visit the venue. Get a feel for the environment, the facilities that they have. Yep. All that type of thing. Read as much about the sport. Read the rules. Make sure you're up to date with all the rules. Yep. If you haven't done a comp before, there's plenty of uh, powerlifting.tv live broadcasts that are recorded. Watch one. Get a feel for the flow and the energy. Exactly. That's what I recommend. Look, apart from that, you're always going to have an element of nerves, and that's actually not a bad thing because it actually means you give a shit. As well, yeah, of course. It's all right. I mean, I know that I'm when I compete, I've still got some nerves, but you need to learn to channel those nerves and focus those nerves into the performance. I mean, hey, let's look at Yanni, he still does 10 poos before his first squat. <laughs> That's true. You know, I, I've got to hire him his own toilet, <laughs> you know. Look, <laughs> if you're new to the sport, happy birthday to Yanni, by the way. Yeah, happy birthday, Yanni. So, look, if you're new to the sport and you're doing your first novice comp, remember at a novice comp. 85 to 95 percent of the people there are in exactly the same position as you. They've never Safe, done a they've never safety done a comp in before. numbers, people. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. what the novice comps are for. You're not you're not being forced to go into a state championship where you're up yeah. against elite lifters. I you're, mean, in fact, every time we have a novice comp and you do that lifter briefing, yeah. and one of the questions you ask is, "Have you competed before?" most people do not put their hands up but no what I normally ask is who um, put your hands up if it's your first time and almost everyone, everyone puts, puts their, their hands, hands up, up yeah. and then I just explain to them that that's actually an awesome thing because it means you're competing with other people who are experiencing powerlifting for the first time so you've all got nerves and you can all just help each other through yeah, it's, it's like I said safety in numbers but um, I hope that helps in terms of nerves obviously there are some other techniques you know breathing exercises and you know trying to focus in your attention on the task at hand and things like that but at the end of the day, just remember it's just powerlifting. We're only moving weight from point A to point B, um, and just sort of just have some fun with it. Yeah, don't be scared. Be prepared. <laughs> Sounds like a commercial. It Isn't is. Like it's a, like a fire a fire safety commercial. Fire sa- or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. So those six six of the questions we had um, from our listeners, and periodically we'll be doing more listener Q and A. So if you do have any questions, you can get in touch, send us an email, get in contact on Facebook um, or Instagram. And we can um, try and slot some of your questions into the next listener Q and A. All right, now the second part of this podcast, Paul is just on his laptop doing all kinds of crazy shit. Don't know what he's doing. Um, The second part of this podcast, Paulie, was um, an announcement that we have that we are actually moving. We are moving. We've been, we've been here in this home at, in, on 12 Milrose Drive for three glorious years. Glorious years. Yeah. yeah and we have decided years. to make the move. Um, it's very exciting, obviously very nerve-wracking because moving this gym is extremely difficult. We do, It'll have, be a, fine. We do have a very detailed plan. But what, what, Paulie, what people really want to know is um, where are we moving to and sort of what can people expect at well, V4? Well, I mean... We can't really tell people where we're moving to exactly right now no but obviously we are going to be still located in malaga you know reasonably close to where we are now yep so there's not going to be any major difference in you know traveling and so on for anyone who wants to come out um to to train here or come to our events um so yeah so the destination is virtually very similar Uh, we're going we are going to remain in malaga which is which is awesome um what was the other question, Dan? The expectations? What can they expect? What can people expect from V four? Okay, so if look, and this is let let, let, let me say the, if it all goes to plan. Yeah. All right. This I is mean, the current plan. This is the current plan. So if the current, if the current, if we currently land the seven four seven the way we think we're going to be landing it, <laughs> so yep. to speak, the flight plan. Um, obviously, it is going to be a bigger floor area, which. Um, is really important for us um, for events and some operational things that we have going on in the gym um, which is very nice we will be having a more extensive warm-up room yes we will um, which we feel is important um, even now even like as we've you know if, let's say in the last 18 months we've been to quite a number of comps you know from local to national level Three monos in the warm-up room is almost not enough anymore. Yeah, look, I mean, almost. It's it, it's borderline. It gets yeah, it's you like, if you had two, you'd be screwed. It'd three be is okay. Anything more than three is a fantastic. It would be is is a bonus. So we're actually gonna be performing some upgrades initially to the warm-up area for our meat. So we're gonna actually have six monos in our warm-up area. Mm. So we have another three monos coming in. And we also have coming in four Dominator benches from AMFX and the ch- bench of choice on our platform um, from V4 will be yeah, the, so the it AMFX sh- it should be noted that we will be changing our bench of choice for GPC and Novice comps to That's the Dominator right. so we also have four of those bench presses coming in as well so there's yeah. going to be a lot more equipment in the warmth area which we feel is a really really important part of providing the best competition experience possible mm. I mean a- also for general training as well I think it's Oh right, look it's as our gym grows, obviously yeah. as well, it's more important it's important to have more equipment available. Yeah. We already have all the bars. Um, yeah, we're actually lucky we actually opportunistically in the last two years bought more squat bars and deadlift bars. So we have plenty of plates. plenty of bars. So we might need some more weight plates though. But oh, initially yeah. no, I mean we've but- got we, let's just say we have quite quite a few weight plates we have about two and a half thousand kilos yeah. at the moment of cali- uh, calibrated yeah, Arvenco, gotta be, yeah, easily yeah, easily. Um, and I think maybe we'll probably push that to three or three and a half thousand sometime over the next twelve months I'd say yeah I think so um, look in terms of how big is V4 going to be the current building we're in is just under 800 square meters yep just a tap. the new building is somewhere between 1300 and 1400 square meters this guy um, so, it is significantly bigger. Uh, and again, like Paul said, it just allows us to step things up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and also, some requirements from an operational perspective, some bigger administrative areas. Look, I think the administration areas are, are very, very are nice to have. And just some better amenities as the well. Amenities, which is fantastic. So, more toilets. Yeah, more toilets. Uh, where- you know dedicated shower and change room yeah a lunch room lunch room there's even a upstairs even the directors get their own kitchen get our own kitchen upstairs as well there is a big balcony as well where we can have our barbecues and more parking which is fantastic so Mm. really looking forward to the move um we'll release more information as it comes to hand but at the moment there's still a lot of planning and, and things and budgeting and those types yeah, of things. Yeah, I mean that a lot happening. of dominoes have to fall before we move in, but in terms of the timeline, look, it's gonna happen before the end of the year. Yes. So if it goes to plan poorly, what will be the first competition at It will be four? APU Classic Nationals. The first comp will be the APU Classic Nationals at Rucci November V four to ten. That is the current plan. Um, we'll see how things pan out over the next few months but obviously paul and i are pretty meticulous with the way we plan things to make no, sure I mean we the have timing, minimum disruption the timing is looking pretty good hey stop cutting me off man <laughs> obviously, <laughs> we <want laughs> obviously we want <laughs> minimum disruption to the gym because we have a lot of lifters training and we have a lot of things going on and a lot of competitions so it's really yep. important for us that um we minimize the amount of disruption There is also a lot of things that actually have to happen that people don't realize. Oh, man. I don't think we realize. There's so (laughs) much. Um, So, look, we're really excited about it, obviously a bit nervous, but we think it's going to be an exciting move. And to be honest, we just want to step things up again a notch. Yeah. Um, You know, and that's really what it's all about is trying to push the boundaries of what we feel or what everyone in the world feels um, a powerlifting venue should be. Yeah, I mean, it truly will be a powerlifting venue. And Paul and I did design V3 as a powerlifting events venue, and V4 will take hopefully take that to another level again. Yep. But um, look, very excited. If anyone's got any questions, you can ask. If you're interested in coming to Ruchi's gym and joining the team, you can get in touch. Paul and I do have spots open in our rosters for powerlifters, and we would love to work with you. What was that, Paul? I was going to say, if there's any people who are interested in sponsoring Ruchi's gym or the powerlifting events that we do as yep, all get, get in, in touch with because us. we always look uh, forward to introducing new sponsors and new Absolutely. blood into the sport so if you are interested in getting involved get in touch but look I don't think we'll say much more about V4 apart from people can expect that it is happening it it's is ha- it's happening so I think that pretty much wraps it up but I think poorly we just wanted to cover what's coming up over the next few months here yeah, at oh, Ruchi's in terms of comps yeah look the only thing I want to um I want to talk about before we close this off is we have the 2019 APU WA State Championships coming up on the 28th of July so any APU competitors out there still interested in doing states please register there's a link on the Facebook page and also if you go to ruchusgym.com in the powerlifting menu click on APU competitor registration and that will take you through the steps now the state championships is the primary qualification event event for the 2019 Classic Nationals which is happening at V4 Rucci's Gym November 8 to 10 this year. Damn. That sounds badass. It sounds awesome. Right? I'm very excited Can about Can I say it. a few things about Perth Cup? <sighs> Shoot. so perth cup registration is going well there's roughly 75 lifters already registered if you go to the website onto the powerlifting menu and look up the 2019 perth cup nominations list you can have a look at the current nominations um, we are limiting this event to 120 lifters so if you want to compete get those registrations rolling in if you find the event on facebook all the registration information is in there Fantastic. if you can't stick if you can't find it get in touch and we can send you the link Apart from that, Paulie, I think it's time to wrap that I think, up. I, honestly, I think we've given enough away. We, we probably, should get off before we give anything we more away. We probably have given too much away. <laughs> um, you can also listen to the next episode coming out on Peak Speak where Thomas and Shero also, also get the scoop on V4. But look, guys, we're really, really excited about this. We're looking forward to taking powerlifting to new heights. Um, and look, Matt, we love it. We love this sport, and we're going to continue doing this if you guys support us we will continue trying to be the best we can that you uh, you have said it perfectly right there also just want to say a big thank you and a shout out to all of the members at ruch's gym because without these guys for starters events don't run and and the gym would not exist hey thanks to anyone who walks in our doors and solicits our services in any way thank you to our sponsors and anyone who supported us along the way i will also a special mention to our wives We should definitely talk about them, Daniel. Yes, we should. Heidi Rucci, my wife. and And Taryn Rucci. She was in here this morning with Sam doing some training and some leg work. So thank you very much to our wives. They put up with, honestly, probably more shit than anyone can imagine. Paul and I working six and a half days a week and probably always constantly talking about powerlifting and the gym. (laughs) We are. Um, So thank you, ladies. Um, We love you guys very much. Indeed. Let's wrap it up, Paulie. It's a massive three to six months ahead. Looking forward to having you guys on the journey. We'll speak to you all soon. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Ruchi Cast. Be sure to subscribe to join us on the journey. And for more information, visit ruchisgym.com.